0: I left the city. I've been browsing.
1: Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah, it's only really my surroundings.
0: Welcome to episode 26 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore dadff. And tonight's show is the Smash Accept Pass Catchers Award show. We're calling it the Smashies, you know, and it's going to be a lighthearted, you know, kind of go over everything that's happened this past year, have a little bit of fun with the Smash Accept crew. And I'm super excited to, to introduce everyone here. First guy I want to introduce is, is Dave. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks a lot for having me on, man. I love being a part of this team every time I get to come out here. um, Yeah, excited to go through these awards and and talk about some top players from this year.
0: And Dave, I got some good news. You know, Dynasty Dad's always sipping water. It's the Smashies. I got the straight whiskey tonight. We're good to go. Cheers. You know, so cheers to all of our listeners who have made the show so popular over the last couple of months. I got to thank you guys so much. Um, You guys are like family, you know, and speaking of family, introduce my brother, Mark. How you doing? I see you got that Smash Accept t-shirt on today. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. It's nice to be b- back like on it. here. Uh, you can find me at Dynasty on Twitter at Dynasty Lefty. I don't really have too much going on. I just kind of here and hey, there get
0: on on the trades. Mark's just dipping into the show and we have, a, you know, an offshoot.
3: Good.
0: He's looking good. That's the only thing that matters. You know, sometimes it's content. Sometimes it's just looking sexy for the listeners. That's and that's my that shirt automatically just adds a little bit of sexiness, you know, smash the competition and look good doing it. Someone who smashes the competition all the time, and you see him every week on here, Mung, what's
4: going on today? Hey, what's going on, guys? As always, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung, that's M-E-N-G. I'm working on some exciting stuff about free agents and some buys and sells because of free agency over at Fantrax. So That'll be coming out in the next week or two, and then uh, I'm excited to reminisce about 2020 with you guys tonight. Yes, sir. I'm loving it. And last but
0: not least, you know, John, formerly known as Playoff John, now he's Rookie Fever John, but for tonight, he's assistant to the podcast host. How you doing tonight, John?
3: I prefer assistant pod host there, but okay.
0: Yeah, assistant no, doing well. Podcast <laughs> okay. host. You know, we're going to make a tonight, right, but...
3: Yeah, so been pumped about the Smashies, and you, you know how much I love off season. Got rookie fever for sure. Working on my rookie ranks, and we're gonna start publishing all the ranks. So look forward to that. Definitely want to mix it up with you guys. Hit me at Dynasty underscore Trades. But Mike, I got While we're on nicknames, I gotta, I gotta bust your chops a little bit here, and I, <laughs> I'm actually gonna throw this out there: is for the Smashie for the most awkward moment on the Smash Accept pod. When we were going through nicknames and Mike here jumps in and says, yeah, a lot of my friends know me as Prison Mike.
0: Prison Mike, man, I'm a huge office fan. That's why we're doing Smashies. (laughs) And it's the second most embarrassing line I have. Dynasty Refinery, I once said, make sure you guys go out there and buy Dalvin Cock instead of Dalvin Cook. So that was number one. No editing, just throw that straight out there. But you know, Prison Mike. That one got there was me, some dead it,
3: air. Like, Mung and I like, covered the mic. We're like, wait, what, what, you, <laughs> what, it, what did he say? And he had to was. jump in the chat and be like, all right, guys, no, I didn't. I haven't done hard time. Like, I'm, nope. I'm pretty squeaky, clean. No hard time. It's a hilarious like, moment. Yeah. Listen
0: here. There's been a lot of rumors about the Smashies this year. You know, how there's no money, there's no food this year, how the jokes are really bad. But what the hell, everyone? You know, the Smashies are about what's best in every one of us. We can do better. So for the first time, we're inviting you, the listeners, our friends, and family, the Smash Accept crew, to attend the awards with us. Yeah, not bad, right? But let's make sure the Smashies are the best ever.
3: Best Smashies ever.
0: Best Smashies ever. Here we go. The Smashies. How can I explain
4: it? We tried. Hey,
0: hey, uh, <laughs> hey real Mom, quick what here. Are, what do the Smashies remind you of?
4: The Smashies are kind of like a kid's birthday party, and you go, and there's really nothing for you to do there, but the kids having a good time. So you're kind of there. It's kind of what it's like.
0: Yo, we're not the greatest improv actors like Michael Scott, you know what I mean? But we're here to have some fun tonight. And what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the award show, right? The best pass catchers, the guys that you guys want to hear about. And we're going to jump right into the wide receivers first. I want to talk about the wide receiver MVP. So, you know, most of us had Devontae Adams. Dave, you had someone different as your wide receiver MVP for this season. Why don't you talk to me about that?
2: Yeah, I had Calvin Ridley this year. You know, it's really easy to say Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill because they finished number one and two at their position. But uh, Calvin Ridley was somebody that you didn't have to spend first or second round pick on. You know, he was going a little bit later in drafts this year. And uh, for his ADP and the performance that he put up, I think that he was the MVP to have this year considering he was going in the third round or so. And then uh, next year, I like his outlooks even better. So big, big fan of Calvin Ridley and looking forward to his 2021 as well.
0: Absolutely love it. Like I said, my first article at Dynasty Happy Hour was – Calvin Ridley is a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. And the editor told me I had to change the article name because it'll never happen. And it happened. You know what I mean? He was fantastic this year. So that's a great one. Um, Mong, you had someone different as well.
4: Yeah, of course. Adams, uh, Tyreek Hill, they're the easy answer, but for me it's Justin Jefferson. I mean, do I really need to talk about him a whole lot? He finished as a top 10 wide receiver as a rookie, And that was with the Vikings barely using him the first couple of weeks. I mean, Jefferson just looked uncoverable at times. And he was a former mid to late first round rookie uh, in drafts last offseason. He's shot up to top five dynasty wide receiver status now. I've seen him out there sometimes as the number one dynasty wide receiver. And I don't think that's too crazy. So I doubt many who drafted him last offseason expected that kind of immediate uh, league winning production from him. Yeah, we're going to have Izzy Alcafaz on the show
0: in, in two weeks. And his wide receiver one in Dynasty right now is Justin Jefferson. So that's a great one. Uh, my wide receiver MVP is Stefan Diggs. You know, I had Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs in almost every league, but the cost to get Stephon Diggs was considerably more. You know, I was trading for him all season, all off season, and even into the season, people were still willing to sell him because they didn't quite believe in him. But Finished his wide receiver three, drafted outside the top 12, 18.6 points per game. And the crazy thing was what he did in weeks 15 and 16, right? 70 points in those two weeks, which basically was the wide receiver one. It was an absolute smash, except if you made a deal to get him, which won you multiple championships. And we're going to talk about him a little bit more here. But now I want to talk about the tight end MVPs. You know, John, myself, Mark, you know, we have Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is a no-brainer. There was no tight end like Travis Kelsey, period. You know, And he was fantastic. But Mung, you went with somebody totally different here and a different perspective as the tight end MVP.
4: Yeah, again, I mean, Kelsey's the easy answer, right? I'm not going to knock anybody for saying that Kelsey's the MVP here. Certainly an amazing talent, especially with Patrick Mahomes. But Logan Thomas, I mean, he finished as a top five fantasy tight end, and that was with a blend of Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, and Alex Smith at quarterback. And Thomas established himself basically as the de facto number two option behind McLaurin in Washington, and he was free off of the waiver wire in many, many cases here. For him to be producing top five numbers with a pretty high floor each week, that's an incredible return.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And You know, Dave, yours is the same as mine. You know, everybody's on the Kelsey side. But talk to me about what
2: Darren Waller did this year. Well, if we're talking pure value, I mean, it's got to be Travis Kelsey, but – Darren Waller was somebody that was going in the 8th and nine round in startups this year. Um, he was somebody that I admittedly was fading in the offseason. Uh, I really liked his story about overcoming addiction, but I thought that his 2019 numbers were just a little bit fluky considering he had three really quiet NFL seasons prior. But uh, he proved me wrong by improving his numbers in 2020, finishes the tight end two behind only Travis, Kel- Travis Kelsey, and in almost any other year, he would have been the tight end one. I mean, he just absolutely killed it this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey and tight end premium finished with 366 fantasy points. Darren Waller was only 30 points behind with 336. After this episode, we're going to talk about, you know, our tight end rankings. And and it's hard not to have him in the top three. You know, Darren Waller has been fantastic. The story is remarkable about what he did to battle through addiction, like you said. And, you know, the sky's the limit for this guy. We all faded him in the offseason, right? Except John and I. John and I were buying everywhere, you. you know. And he's... John, you're not gonna steal them off my team. You know, you keep you keep making <laughs> making these offers and we're battling back and forth here. But yeah, we are. Derek Waller is a premium asset. And and you you guys that drafted him way beyond where Travis Kelsey was taken. You guys reaped the benefit. You know, we all talked about the the game script and and how there was more, you know, mouse to feed there. I hate that term, but more mouths to feed with the Raiders. But the guy got it done. I mean, he absolutely won me some championships. Oh, moving on to the ADP steals, you know, so we talked about the guys who won you the deals, right? I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey, those guys are going in the early rounds. But let's talk about some ADP steals in Dynasty who just broke out, went crazy. Um, John, who's the guy that you got in Dynasty as an ADP steal who really stepped up this season? Well,
3: first of all, I got to jump in here. As assistant pod host here, let's go over a few pod, Like, Come on, get it right. We, we need. Could you guys keep your acceptance speeches to a minimum here? I've got wrap-up music. I'm not afraid to use it, Mark. Yeah, All come right. On now. <laughs> no, I mean for me, ADP steel was definitely Justin Jefferson, and Mung already already hit it. And I'm just gonna say this: this is why you got to do your homework during the off season. the The rookie picks are so key. Getting that right. I remember there was a ton of back and forth in Mong You remember this, right? It was Rager versus Jefferson. And I'm, I'm just going to say it. Had had you gone Rager versus Jefferson, how much were you regretting that now? Right? So stick with us during the offseason. <laughs> and Mong's going to fight me on this. But, but the guys that did go, let's just say in season one with Jefferson, that was a league-winning pick right there. No mistake about it, right? So these rookie picks – are so key. You gotta nail them. We're gonna do a lot of the homework for you and you know, tune into future pods for that.
0: So not like I'm calling out a league, mate, but I got a, I was sitting on the clock, I had the 109, and I said the guy behind me really wanted Jerry Judy. So I said, Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll throw you a second round pick. You throw me Kyler Murray and I'll move back a pick in a in a one quarterback league. So I got Kyler Murray and Justin Jefferson, where he gave up the second you know, he ends up getting second and Jerry Judy and that's how you win. You know what I mean? Like hold those rookie picks until it's time, but do the research. What we're doing at smash except is we have fantastic guys coming in to talk about the draft. We got Chad Parsons coming in to talk about the senior bowl. We got Angelo analysis is coming in pre combine. Travis may is going to come in post combine. We literally have loaded up some of the best analysts when it comes to rookies because we want you guys to be able to find the Justin Jeffersons and my guy the biggest ADP steal for a rookie for me was T Higgins. You know, T Higgins ended up falling outside that first round and he's going to be a fantastic dynasty play. You know, we all thought Joe Burrow was going to be out. Joe Burrow's talking about coming back week 1 and T Higgins looks like that alpha in that offense right now. So if you guys paid attention to that, you guys will be reaping the rewards. Mark, you have somebody totally different here. You know, your biggest ADP steal is a veteran, you know, three or four years in the league. Who did you go with? Yeah,
1: I went with Curtis Samuel here. Um, in the beginning of the season, it was kind of hard to see he would get a lot of volume with CMC, D- DJ Moore, or uh, yeah, and uh, Robbie Anderson. And he got a lot of targets. He was actually started the season as uh, projected wide receiver 60, but end the season with as wide receiver 24. And he was
0: a big help for me. Adding depth to my wide receivers. Yeah, he's a guy you could have bought for like a late second, maybe two third round picks. And he was fantastic as a wide receiver three. Mung staying in the same offense. I mean, we all know I'm a huge DJ Moore guy. I put it out on Twitter. That's my biggest miss this year. You know, I was predicting TJ Moore as that top five type dynasty wide receiver. And you went with someone else in Carolina as the biggest ADP steal.
4: Yeah, I think you, Mark, and I are all on the same page here because I think Carolina in general uh, outperformed expectations in 2020. For me, that was Robbie Anderson because he was really miscast uh, in New York from Adam Gase using him pretty much purely as a deep threat. He was going for a late second, sometimes even third round rookie picks last offseason, but he ended up being a PPR monster with the Panthers, finished the year with the eighth most receptions among wide receivers in fantasy he was the wide receiver of 15 in PPR and by the way you know Curtis Samuel loved the talent and loved to see where he's going to go but with him gone probably this off season, both Anderson and Moore could see even more target volume next year i think Anderson's nice. still a buy low
0: yeah, Anderson. And I ended up getting in like in an auction. I got him for four bucks, and we're talking a fifteen hundred dollar budget. And people were like not interested at all because he left the Jets. We all have to admit when Adam Gase leaves, everything gets bumped up. You know, the guy becomes a stud every single time. Um, not involved with Adam Gase, but moving over to Detroit, Dave. You had another guy who was a great bargain. Who in the playoffs he went ham.
2: And that's why I think that he was a huge ADP stealer. I mean, he's not the flashiest guy. He didn't finish as a wide receiver one. But Marvin Jones quietly finished as a wide receiver 15 in per-game numbers. And he was drafted as almost the 40th wide receiver off the board in most startups this year. So, you know, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, Robbie Anderson, those guys definitely had great seasons. But the finish that Marvin Jones had to the season made him just a phenomenal steal for me.
0: Dave, I feel like Marvin Jones is a steal every year. Like, we forget about him and we're like, he's getting older. I just got him in the 16th round of a startup. And the guy is, I mean, he's going to put up borderline wide receiver two numbers. It's interesting to see where he goes here in the offseason. But he was a great steal here in, in 2020. Let's move over to the tight end steals. Um, John, you and I agree on this one. The biggest steal, you know, and he he was still probably going rounds four or five, maybe six. Darren Waller just gets me excited. You know, I, I don't want to, I can't stand up right now because I went from six to midnight, but hit me up here, John.
3: Darren Waller. We've talked about him a lot. And in our next pod for the the Patreon folks, we're going to talk about it a bit more. I've got Darren Waller as number three. And, and for me, I'd, I'd fight any of you guys on that. Um, you know, I like Hawkinson. I like Andrews, but Darren Waller is going to continue to be that guy going forward, right? As we've talked about on previous pods, he's a part of that Gruden offense that focuses on the tight end. He's got crazy athletic skills. He's always open. Yeah, I, I was watching some of the big highlights from the season. Uh, go check that out. In fact, we'll get to that. But just so much, he just makes it look easy. One-handed catches, uh, just wins those contested catches. Uh, he's got a lot more red zone looks this year. So I'm very high on him, and and again, this was kind of another league-winning move if you got him late.
0: Hey, stop being so cheap and trying to buy him, Dave Mung. Is there a difference between we're talking about the difference between Jerry Judy and Darren Waller? John's offering me the 202. I want the 111. What is a better deal here? You know, is he worth the
2: 111?
0: Let's let's settle this here on the air, Dave.
2: Yeah, I'd say he's worth at least a uh, late first if you're looking at that difference. If it's a tight end man. premium, I'd even go with a mid first. I mean, cheers Waller. Man. Let's go. All to
0: that. Pay up, John. Come on. Come get to Come there, on, Waller. You know? I just added you to the Dynasty Refinery League. Pay up. <laughs> I love you, buddy. I'm just messing around. So let's, let's move on here to Mark. Uh, Mark, who's your guy who is the biggest ADP steal at tight end?
1: Well, that's kind of just what uh we were talking about earlier. He was basically free and he finished as the uh tight end for uh that's Logan Thomas.
0: Yeah, I mean Logan Thomas, sometimes you yeah, gotta man. trust the buzz. You know, tight ends are predictable sometimes. There was a lot of buzz around around Logan Thomas. Among, there was a lot of, of you know, there was a lot of buzz around this guy. We're saying Aaron Rodgers is gonna start targeting it. You went with Robert Tanyan.
4: Yeah, I mean, Tunyon, nobody really believed in last offseason because everybody was expecting Jay Sternberger to take over that starting role. But, I mean, Tunyon broke out in a very big way. He tied Travis Kelsey for the lead in touchdowns among tight ends with 11 each. And among all players, you know, they were both top five in in touchdowns. Now, I don't expect that to continue next year necessarily, but undoubtedly Tunyon for the price of, again, a waiver wire pickup in many cases – uh, ending up with top five tight end production is huge. Fifteen
0: leagues, I own Robert Tunyon in fourteen of them. I advocate having two or three roster spots where you're just you you react to the buzz, right? Where you're just like, I have open spot. I don't care if I drop said player. I'm going to pick up this guy. I have Robert Tunyon everywhere. As far as most surprising tight end, we have them pretty much. Everybody put Robert Tunyon except Mung. You know, you put a little bit of an old crusty here. You know, a little bit of a throwback. Talk to me about Jimmy Graham for this year.
4: Yeah, look, I live in Chicago, so my expectations for the Bears are always super low. But, you know, he had a few lackluster years in Seattle and Green Bay. And for Graham to all of a sudden become a top red zone weapon again in Chicago, of all places, scoring eight touchdowns in a pretty mediocre offense for the most part, that was definitely unexpected, I would say. Dude, Mike.
3: how about that? That what could have been the last play of his career in the playoffs with the walk-off one-handed touchdown? If you haven't watched that play, go do yourself a favor, go check it out. I posted it on Twitter today. Makes the one-handed catch and just keeps running right into the tunnel, and that's the last we ever see it. be Graham, like the ultimate <laughs> mic drop moment, right there.
0: He just runs into the tunnel. He's like mic drop. I'm out. No, I mean, Jimmy Graham, before he got traded to the Saints, you know, or when when he got traded from the Saints, that dude was the man. I mean, he was winning you championships. He's a shell of what he used to be, but he still had a very productive season. Um, Dave, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Tanyan about or or Mark? You know, he really came out of nowhere. The efficiency was through the roof, but the way that guy played had to impress us all.
2: Yeah, uh, we're talking about Robert Tanyan. Tun- yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just absolutely blew me away. Um, I remember seeing the offseason reports that he was staying with George Kittle and working out with George Kittle, and that's why I pumped the brakes. I said, I'm not buying into this. Every single season, there's some story that, you know, ends up getting me all hyped up, and I said, I'm not going to do it this year. So I uh, mistakenly avoided Tiny in, in most of my leagues, but uh, he came on as as somebody that uh, that tight end that we haven't seen in Green Bay since Jermichael Finley, really. Yeah,
0: yeah and, and I'm, a, I'm a big advocate of waiting on tight ends, right? Everybody jumps on those guys early. And I'm doing a startup. We just finished it. And in rounds 12, I took Tunyon. In round 15, I took Zach Ertz. In round 13, I took Logan Thomas. It's like, you don't get Kelsey and Waller. Wait. You know, there's so many guys out there that are just going to show up late for your tight ends. Don't overdo it. Um, The interesting thing was wide receivers were very surprising this year, right? We, We had guys that really performed well, like DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams. But, John... There was a guy in the rookie process that you and I both put as our most surprising wide receiver this year. You know, we didn't quite yeah. believe in him. We didn't believe in the narrative. We didn't believe in the hype of how he did with his 40 and all of his metrics. Talk to me a little bit about Chase Claypool.
3: Yeah, Chase Claypool. I, I have to admit, I was way too low on him in, in my rookie process. You know, coming out of Notre Dame, round two pick, pick 49 overall to Pittsburgh. But, I mean, there was games. I think you guys
0: would agree, right? He looked like the, the wide receiver one. Yeah. John, can we agree if Pittsburgh takes a guy in the second round, just take him. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I mean, just trust those him. guys know how to drop wide receivers. I no, had the Notre Dame really narrative and I'm like, screw this, I'm not taking him anywhere, right? And yeah, I got me him too. in a recent startup in the ninth round. I think he's yeah. he's looked fantastic. He's a touchdown machine. Juju's leaving. Yeah, and
3: Juju's about to leave. You know, he had nine touchdowns on the season. You can't argue with that. He had two touchdowns against Cleveland in the playoffs. I mean, he the guy steps up, makes plays. All right. I think he's he's still actually there's no question in my mind he's still improving. We haven't seen the best of this yeah. guy yet, and so he's a guy that that you know I think people might continue to sleep on just a bit.
0: His TikTok game's a little weak. You know he's talking about yeah. how the Browns are about well, to get clapped. You know what I mean? Juju in that particular. Part right? yeah. yeah. But uh, speaking of clapped, Will Fuller got clapped in the uh, fantasy <laughs> playoffs, Mark, and I know that's your biggest surprise. <laughs> yeah, uh, only in 2020 got hurt because that happens every year. <laughs>
1: Yeah, only in 2020 does Will Fuller play the whole year, right. and he's consistent the whole year. He was the wide yeah. receiver eight through 12 weeks. I mean, maybe PD PEDs help, but uh, he was he was su- super have, consistent and healthy.
0: Performance enhancing <laughs> drugs on Will Fuller for this episode. You can't use that. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. I mean, he had a fantastic season. Um, another guy that really, you know, I had said it, all year long in the dynasty refinery, and Jared made fun of me every week. It's the Corey Davis fifth year breakout mung. Talk to me
4: about it. Yeah, Davis was left for dead um, by many people, and rightfully so, because you know, at this, this time last year, he was in the same breath of conversation as other 2017 class rookies, like you know, John Ross, right? And he's done nothing. We expected Davis to do nothing, but it was kind of the perfect storm with the Titans having to throw more this year to compensate for that porous defense. And then Davis got a lot more targets with both AJ Brown and John U. Smith dealing with injuries for various stretches of the year. So, you know, his production tapered off a little bit in the second half of the season, but Corey Davis definitely got some teams to the fantasy playoffs with his early year performances. He's recuperated
0: some of his value. You know, I took him as the 101 over McCaffrey, over Fournette, all those guys. Mung, what what kind of value are we talking about, Corey Davis? Are we willing to sell him for a early second and super flex, or what kind of value would you cash in or would you hold right now?
4: Yeah, I would one hundred percent cash in. Um, yeah. I was I was saying this about Travis Fulgham earlier in the year, where uh, the yeah. targets really helped with Corey Davis this year. But uh, you know, I see him as an inconsistent, you know, wide receiver three or flex option for fantasy. He's going to be a good complimentary number two guy to wherever, whatever team signs him this offseason. But I don't see this kind of fantasy domination. Dave, real quick, you had the most surprising wide receiver, Stefan Diggs. You know,
0: obviously there was a lot of people. Stompy was huge on Stefan Diggs is going to regress as far as moving from Minnesota to Buffalo. How surprised were you with Stefan Diggs being the wide receiver three this season?
2: Well, very surprised. We've already talked about him being the biggest ADP steal. We've talked about him being the MVP. And for me, he was the biggest surprise. You know, he could never really pull himself away and be a true wide receiver one behind or ahead of Adam Thielen. And that worried me because I thought he was going to be competing with John Brown. Uh, not to mention, he goes to a team with Josh Allen, who had really failed to break out and show yeah. his superstar potential yet. So I wasn't sold on Diggs much at all. And I mean, he just planted his flag as a true alpha wide receiver in the league this year. Uh, Surprised the heck out of me, but I'm so happy to see it.
0: It's a perfect storm, right? Like Mark Wahlberg movie, you know, combining it all here, we're saying Stefan Diggs with the maturation of Josh Allen just came together for a perfect blend, and it was fantastic. For me, the biggest surprise, you know, and I had Claypool as the biggest positive surprise. The biggest negative surprise for me was Jerry Judy. I was all about Jerry Judy just balling out this year, you know, and, and taking the next step, and obviously being a fantastic addition there. Drew Lock struggled, so you know he didn't quite pan out. John, talk to me a little bit about the memorable moments as far as the wide receiver at the tight end. I know you posted a Twitter poll, but what were some of the most yeah. memorable moments of twenty twenty?
3: You know, I, and and I was just reliving uh, one of those when when Dave over here was talking about Diggs. As you guys may remember, he had a 50-yard touchdown in Week 16 uh, that went along with two other touchdowns. And I was, uh, as I talked about another pod in my home league, absolutely sweating it out, trying to hold off um, my my opponent there with Stefan Diggs in the final with just so much riding on this thing. And, you know, like we talked about on that New Year's Resolution pod there, Mike, you got to be careful with, with some of those narratives, right? I mean, Diggs going to a new offense, everyone kind of knocks him. It's going to take him time. Clearly, that's not the case. Same thing with Nuke, right? So, again, be careful. We're going to walk through some of those potential uh, downfalls and narratives throughout the offseason. But, yeah, go check out this thread that I put out there. You just I just love reliving some of these crazy plays. And for wide receiver play of the year, we had the Diggs play we had that crazy, if you remember this acrobatic catch from C.D. Lamb, scored a touchdown. Sky's the limit for that kid. But the two that were the clear frontrunners were the DK Metcalf, I will chase you down like things that nightmares are made of with it the Buddha Baker interception.
0: John. Hey, John, I believe that jacket belongs to Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> <It>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It, and then the other one was what has quickly become known as the Hale Murray. And last I checked on Twitter, after you know, well over hundred votes, those were in a dead tie. So I'm gonna break it, and I'm gonna award Smashy to the Hale Murray. And the reason for that is because, I, uh, it, Mike, I mean, I think I talked about this on a pod, but I, in that moment, just completely lost it because I, I had a game, yeah, thank you. Know, they, I had a game going right there, and your boy Kyler. Uh, somehow scrambled out of that situation, throws it deep, and my boy Nuke went up and caught it. And that that won me a huge pivotal matchup in fantasy. And I, I jumped up off the couch, I think spilled some popcorn. I was I think I was riding the bull around the living <laughs> room. You my kids like stopped what they were doing. <laughs> like what, what is happening here? And I'm just yeah.
2: I'm on uh, the
0: flip side, bro. Like in this situation, I have Hulu, right? And my and my girlfriend bought it for me. Joy, you're the best. But she bought us Hulu and she's like, what game do you want to watch? I was like, yo, flip on the Bills Cardinals. So the way we have it set up is it records everything. So she had to slowly fast forward to the end of the game. And you texted me. You're like, did you see that? And I'm like, no, I did not see that end of the game play. And she finally got there. And yeah, that had to be been the play of yeah, the year. That was
3: after I went streaking around the neighborhood. I just you want to see that. Oh, streaking, yeah.
0: Bring your green hat. You know what <laughs> I mean? A little bit of old school. Great movie to flip back to. Uh, let's talk about our biggest disappointments. You know, Dave, Mark, myself, we're believing in Michael Thomas. Obviously, we traded for him in a, a little bit of a spot. My guy, and I have to bring this up, is Travis Fulgham. Yeah, he had a tw- top 12 three weeks I even created a, a Twitter handle called Fulgham Forever. A little shame on me. Travis Fulgum fell apart, right? But Mung, you had somebody totally different that was a disappointment. You know, he started out the league straight up on fire, you know, in that 27 year old bracket. But who's your disappointment right now?
4: Yeah. And I was wary about Tyler Lockett coming into this year because as someone who had him already last year and the year before that, Uh, I'm kind of used to uh, these lackluster performances, but I mean, look, if you look at the final season numbers, he's finished as the wide receiver 13 in PPR this year and wide receiver 16 last year. But I mean, if you actually started him these years, you're really disappointed because those end of the year finishes are because of a couple big blow up games outside of those Lockett had seven games this year with less than 10 PPR points. And two of those came in the fantasy semifinals and the championship week. So he tanked you in, in the playoffs and look, Seattle just fired Brian Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll's already said that they want to run more next year. So if you're still holding on to lock it, I would definitely advise selling. Yeah. I mean, I haven't missed my biggest sell weeks one through eight. He
0: was top five weeks nine through 17. He was barely a wide receiver three. You know, he was in that range. Um, Mung, you also, or uh, John, you put DJ Chark, you know, and I was always, yeah. I had an entire week during Chark, Shark Week, where I called it Chark <laughs> Week, where I posted something every single week. You have him as both your biggest disappointment yeah. and your biggest buy. Tell me why. Well,
3: yeah, and before I do that, Mike, I'm not going to let you off that easy with Fulgham. I mean, you were hyping this guy so bad. Can we just, for just give it, let's just take a moment. <laughs> and have a moment of silence, RIP Travis Fulgham.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, FF Fulgham you're forever. You're going to a moment now of silence F.F. now, man. Fulgham forever, <laughs> yeah. whatever you want to pull in I'm just going to pull one you out know?
3: here for Fulgham. I would just pour it on my pour laptop one out for, for that
0: guy. Pull one our homies into our, into our mouth there.
3: Yeah, pulling one out for your homies right now if you're listening live. And he looked uh, so yeah, good. RIP for that guy. He
0: looked so good towards the end of the uh, Carson Wentz era, you know what I mean?
3: But yeah, let me talk, so Chark, um, for sure. I mean, I think that if you look at his ADP coming into the season, the guy's getting a ton of hype and things just fell apart. We, when we talk about Jacksonville, that, that was a downward spiral throughout the year. But we all know that the guy has the talent. We right. I mean, I don't think that that's too debatable. And we, we know who's coming to town. You know, our boy Trevor, who's going to get hyped up beyond all belief throughout the off season As ADP you know,
0: the second coming get. Right. When the Jets decide to win a game, it's like, yeah. oh, hey, Chark, Chennault, mm-hmm. kick them all up, right? Yeah. I mean,
3: I, I, I am pumped. I mean, guys, just try to get ahead of this this hype curve in the offseason for anyone that's sleeping, and go buy Chark, go buy Visca. Right. And and you'll you'll enjoy having those guys with, with a legit QB and legit offense coming. And you know, you might even add Urban Meyer to the mix or you know, some exciting new coach, new offense coming in. So Chark's going to reap the benefits and just take advantage of the down season and buy on the low.
0: I love it. Um, you know, a lot of guys right now, it, it's difficult to find the biggest disappointment at tight end, right? Uh, for me, you know, it's Zach Ertz. You know, the guy was not even flex-worthy. I'm not sure if you guys understand that.
3: <laughs> hey, Mike, Mike, I got to interrupt you there again. Oh, come on. What's up? Speak, speaking of not being flex-worthy, have you guys seen um, our boy Dynasty Dad posted pics in the gym? <laughs> no, uh, it, it was, so it was a little painful to see it. At
0: 300 pounds and look sexy while wearing the no, it, at this. At this point, on,
3: you, you can't. It just it never. There's no <laughs> way you can pull off the flex in a, in a shot and me not bust your chops a little bit. I think, guys, can we all agree on this? You
0: know oh, what the best? thing is, John, is as soon as I put that out there, and I'm not sure it's our female listeners. You know, that's only two percent of what we're hitting in our target right. demographic. Right. These shirts are sexy.
3: All of you yeah, guys. No, guys, that. that's Smash right. Except- don't let the pigs scare you off from getting these shirts. That's hey, the point.
0: Smash right. except Get t-shirts right now on sale. $20. And guess what? Free shipping. Most podcasts are $26 to $30, oh. maybe even $35 when you include shipping. $20. These things here, and I even e- e- encourage my guy who uh, you know I work with, I'm like, listen, you can use these for your Tinder profile. It says you can use this as a smash line as a joke and and you're set. You you're not even gonna insult somebody. You're like, hey, wanna smash? And they're like, Hey, what's up? You're like, I got the shirt. Come buy it, you know, 20 bucks. Hit them up. Uh, you guys can message me on Twitter. I will make sure I send them out. You know, we're gonna send them first class. Everybody's gonna be getting theirs. Mark happens to be my brother, so he's already got his, you yep. know, and his Tinder profile is blowing yep. up yep. since he had that on there. Nice. <laughs> you know?
3: Smash yeah. pods and it's dad bots. Going up. Right. That's our tagline. That's our demographic.
0: Exactly. We had a bunch of those. It was like, send us your squad and listen to our pod. You know, we had the dad bods. We had all kinds of stuff going on there. Uh, speaking of dad bods, you know, this guy looked fantastic at the tight end position at the end of last year, right? But, Mung, what in the heck happened to Tyler
4: Higby? Yeah, was, there was a lot of analysis and debate last offseason over Higby and whether he could retain that same kind of role in production from that hot stretch and I was among those who didn't think he could, but I certainly didn't think that his role would shrink back to almost nothing again. I mean, Higby's got to be the biggest disappointment of 2020 among the tight ends, given what his preseason dynasty value and ADP were versus where they are now. And all that being said, though, I will say this Gerald Everett's going to be a pending free agent. So Higby might actually be a post hype bite, uh, excuse me, post hype buy if you can get him dirt cheap. I mean, if that owner has a sour taste in their mouth after this season, I'd be buying for a third, maybe even a late second.
0: I think the biggest disappointment for me was in the Dynasty Refinery Listener League, our co-host Jared Fox decided that he was going to bet people that Tyler Higby would be a top five wide receiver for free <laughs> league entry next year. He did that with three different guys. So, Jared, you owe $65. <laughs> Pay up. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to fit the bill for all those guys. Um, biggest buy right now dave you know juju smith schuster has had a bit of an even flow right i mean he was a top five wide receiver this year people thought he did well you know did poorly but he finished as a top 20 wide receiver why are you buying on juju smith schuster right now
2: well, I think he's still just unbelievably talented. I don't think that's changed at all. A lot of people are going to want to sell on him because they're going to think that there's character issues or whatever because of his tick-tocking and his dancing on the logos. But um, really, I think he was in a bad situation with Deontay Johnson, Clay, uh, Chase Claypool, and Eric Ebron all gobbling up targets. But uh, still, he's been a wide receiver two or better, two of his three seasons in the league. He's only twenty four years old, and more likely than not, he's going to end up somewhere else next year, where he has a chance to supplant himself as a wide receiver. One, so I am all in on Juju this offseason.
0: I love that. I love that, My man. John. Your guy, you know, who's not doing the TikTok, he's just that grinder who does every little thing. We already talked about DJ Chark, but you're buying Allen Robinson right now.
3: Yeah, and here's the thing, guys. You gotta, you know, it's like like buying stocks, right? Buy it ahead of the curb, right? You know, I got, we got a couple of Chicago guys here. Hey, sorry guys, but he's leaving town, and, and bet on it now. Go pick him up. Um, Dave over here shaking his head like like he's coming back. I'm convinced he's out of there. And imagine a him with twelve wide receiver. He, I mean, I think he's a wide receiver one, right? The, the talent, no question about it. Despite the dysfunctional offense in Chicago, he's still produced. And imagine Deshaun Watson throwing to him or, you know, fill in the blank. So for me, I'm buying A-Rob because the the ceiling could creep up a little bit, not bigger offense. But that floor, even in Chicago, let's say, let's say Dave's right and he does stay. Um, he's still going to be a solid play. So go buy A-Rob.
0: You know what's nice is, Mark, you bought both. And I don't know if you were listening to me, which pisses me off. But you grabbed both Juju and Allen Robinson. Both before yeah. me, in the startup that we just did with uh, Dynasty Jacobian. Those aren't the guys that you have. Your biggest buy is who? Michael Thomas. Uh, he was, like, last
1: year he was the 105, the, like, 108, like, somewhere around there. And we just did a startup where he went 505. The, the value is so there, 405. like, Ooh. he went 405? Yeah, 405, but that's still okay. a freaking deal. Still, yeah, he went, still. A he like went 405. And, I mean... Unlike Kamara, he has doesn't really matter who the quarterback is next year. He's easily could finish like a 2019 season again.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you put him as the Dynasty One since you absolutely dominated me. Where in the playoffs I traded you JK Dobbins and what ended up being the 105 for Michael <laughs> Thomas. It's a dagger in the heart, but hey, I won seven championships. I'm okay with it. Um and let's let's move over to my guy, AJ Brown. You know, and I know his value is fantastic. But I have AJ Brown higher than every single one of you. I guarantee it. He's my biggest buy because people haven't put him in the same tier as as DK Metcalf. They haven't put him up there with Justin Jefferson. Sometimes he's a forgotten guy. I think AJ Brown is obtainable. I just got him at the three oh seven in a startup, and I think AJ Brown is the real deal. You know, he's a guy that I want to have in Dynasty. Let's move on to the tight ends, and we're, we're doing a great job keeping up with speed here. Let's just go each guy, talk about your biggest tight end. Quick 30-second blurb here. Start with John. You're looking at Irv Smith and Dallas Goddard.
3: Yeah, I'm, 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 you guys are doing a good job. I have hadn't had to queue up the wrap-up <laughs> music quite yet, but Mark, I'm watching you.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's like the no, I mean, Wrap it up, yeah. Pete. <laughs>
3: wrap it up now no, no, i'm looking at myself um so yeah it's for me it's kelsey and we can we can continue to debate it and and i and i will fight you on this and uh i mean just just look at, you're still ready to fight yes for sure that <laughs> didn't, didn't uh hinder me at all there and um no for sure i mean just five seasons in a row tied in one and and for for me Kelsey was in the running for being like fantasy MVP altogether, especially in premium leagues. He helped me win a couple of ships. And he's going to continue to be the, one of the focal points there and the best offense in the NFL. You know, we can talk age all day. The guy's going to continue to do it, and you will continue to, to expect that. As a tight end, you can do that in the NFL. I mean, uh, You know, queue up Jason Witten. Right. It can be done. He's got years and years ahead of him. He's gonna help you win more ships. That's the guy I won on my roster. Tight end one smashy award, Travis Kelsey.
0: Boom. I love it. Mung, you went a little bit less, you know, traditional. Obviously, Indianapolis lost to Buffalo. My Bills took care of business. But one of the key cogs in that offense, who's super cheap right now, is Mo Ellie Cox.
4: Yeah, and heading into the offseason, whether it's tight end or any position, you want to target guys who could have expanded opportunity next year. And Moe Cox is one of them. Uh, Trey Burton uh, is a pending free agent, so is T.Y. Hilton. They could be losing a lot of targets from 2020. Uh, Jack Doyle, he could be cut for a million and a half in dead money, but he'll probably stay. But even so, Doyle struggled to stay healthy. And this year, Cox looked like the most explosive option for that team at tight end. You know, he's another one of those basketball converts like a Jimmy Graham type. Uh, he just needs more steps, And right now you can probably get him for a fourth round rookie pick, maybe late third at most. I love it. Hey, oh, do it he rules.
0: Rules. but you know who rules in Chicago right now, Dave?
2: Cole Komet. It's Cole Komet. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I love him. He is my number one. By right now, he's somebody that I'm targeting in just about every single one of my startups. Uh, If you look at the numbers, you know, there really isn't too much to get excited about. But that's because he spent the majority of the season behind Jimmy Graham on the depth chart. We talked about him a little bit earlier. He was gobbling up the red zone targets. But as the season went on, Kolkomet's usage went up, his snaps went up, his routes ran went up. And if you watch it, he just simply passes the eye test. I mean, he is a grown man out there catching the ball, getting those hard to hard to, you know, accumulate yards after the catch. Um, I think Jimmy Graham is most likely going to be gone next year. The Bears can save a lot of money by cutting him, and if Cole Komet's the number one, I have him as my tight end six if Jimmy Graham leaves Chicago next year.
0: I love that. I love that so much. I mean, Mark no and homer, I are the no guys. Our, our rankings here next are the only guys that had him in the top 15. I mean, people are sleeping on Cole Komet. go out there and offer a third form right now before he breaks out, um, you know, in that second year, my guy, who's the biggest buy. I have two guys, TJ Hawkinson. I've talked about ad nauseum, but still, he's still not being valued. Like he should. That third year breakout is coming. He belongs in that top four tight end position. And Logan Thomas, you know, he finished as a tight end three. In ADP, he's going in as the tight end 12 to 15 in startups. Go get Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is the next not is not the next Tyler Higby. He's the next Darren Waller. The guy's value is phenomenal. His talent level is phenomenal. His athleticism is phenomenal. Trust me, go buy Logan Thomas. Mark, another guy who's just an athletic freak who you want to buy right now.
1: Yeah, in the beginning of the year when Fitzpatrick was the quarterback, they they got a, like a bunch three different tight ends that were catching touchdown passes. But then once Tua came in, Gasecki really he really he really so- soared there. He's super athletic. Uh, I think he's going to keep getting better. Their offense is going to keep getting better. He's one of my he might be the only I might be the only guy that had I think he's in the, my top five
0: because I his athletic is is off the charts to me. Yeah, you had him five. That right. was you had him six. That was the highest. Six. I had him seven. Sorry. That was the second highest, and guys, make sure you go over our rankings here later. I mean, we're going to really hit up those tight ends. We're really pushing our Patreon here and and really going to talk about some of that stuff. But let's talk about the biggest sales right now. Dave, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has been the staple of consistency, but you're selling him right now.
2: I know, and it hurts me to say this because DeAndre Hopkins is one of my favorite players in the league, and I think that as far as pure talent, he's probably one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, he was supposed to be less involved with the Cardinals because we knew that they like to spread the ball out, and he averaged 12.3 targets per game over the first three, we- three weeks, and all those concerns were just laid to rest, but his usage failed to remain pretty sustainable through the re- rest of the year, and he only averaged 9.5 targets for the rest of the season, so a lot of people are still valuing valuing him as one of those like top three wide receivers. But I think that his involvement in Arizona just isn't going to lead to that type of output anymore.
0: Yeah, I have him as wide receiver six. And what I really talk about is those insulated trades. Trade DeAndre Hopkins, try to get that other guy and a first. John, you have two guys here and I want you to hit on both of them. Um, and then Mung, you have one guy I want you to hit on both. Hit it, John.
3: Yeah, one of these, we actually were mixing it up a bit on Twitter as a sell. And this may surprise some of you, but for me, it's Ayuk with the Niners. And I think what, I've, what I'm seeing, at least, when I look at ADP and when I look at what he's been going for in trades, you guys are kind of treating it like Kittle and Debo aren't coming back. And that, and that's the challenge, right? Shanahan is going to spread the ball around in that offense. It's actually a run-first offense, and I absolutely love the talent of Ayuk. It, like Dave just said, it pains me to say this a little bit, but I'm actually selling him at the current ADP, and that's the key piece, right? So maybe take advantage of this and, and pick up whether it's a rookie picks or another key piece that you need and take advantage of that hype because it's going to be very difficult to sustain that simply because I don't think he gets the same level of targets. And the other one is, is Julio. You know, me and Julio – no longer down by the schoolyard. I think that it's going to be um, kind of the beginning of the end for that guy. Um, he has made his mark in the NFL. I think he's a future Ooh. Hall of Famer. But, man, he just could not stand the field. It was painful to watch. You guys with me on this? Like, it, like, Is he going to play? We're not sure. He's questionable. Game time decision. Oh, he's playing. up, oh, he's out again in the first quarter. And um, he's just getting to that point in his career where – it's hard to imagine him still putting up elite numbers, but it, you know I think that you can still potentially, you know, as savvy Smash Accept Pod listeners, get pretty solid value by trading Julio, similar to the comments on Nuke. Uh, I think now's really the try time to try to see what you could get for Julio, and he's so he's a, he's another sell for me,
0: Mike. Tricky part is I don't think you're getting more than second. You know, you're not getting a first for Julio anymore. Um, in startups, I saw him go in the 13th round. You know, if you're a contender, yeah. kick it out there. Offer a second yeah. and, right. you know, maybe pair yeah, and I'm good with that. And I think, yeah, Mike, I
3: remember, like, we, we were talking about second round rookie picks with Matt Hicks last week. It's go amazing. check out that pod. It's a, yeah, sexy like T Higgins. Year. T Higgins was a second round pick last, last year, guys. Oh, yeah. Antonio absolutely. Gibson, second round pick. Chase Claypool, it's, second round pick. Right? The These vacuum. guys can.
0: It's yeah. all dependent. Um, one guy, I know, Mark, you said their biggest sell is is Adam Thielen. He looked fantastic this year, but why are you selling Adam Thielen?
1: He finished as the wide receiver 10, but, I mean, he had a lot of touchdowns. This was the first year. He had two seasons under five, and I think his highest was six. And also, I'm with John on this. I think Irv Smith is really going to ascend, and they're, he's going to get less work. I just oh, I don't see him continuing that high of a rate and you can sell them for I don't know
0: maybe a 22 first. You I'm get a late first. You're not gonna get a 21, but I agree. That's a 22. Who are the sells at tight end right now? You know, and, and for time's sake, just drop a name and, and let me know. John, who you selling?
3: Selling Evan Ingram right now.
0: Mark, you're agreeing uh, with that? That yeah, was your oh, guy? Oh
1: absolutely. He was my guy. The only thing that's nice is he got targets. Other than that, I mean, I would sell him all day because he's he's
4: not achieving. Agree, Mung. Who are you selling? Uh, for me, it's Tunyon, and it's just pure touchdown regression. He's not getting the targets or the receptions to keep up that kind of production.
0: And Dave, you're selling somebody who everybody's pretty high on.
2: Yeah, um, I'm really not that high on Mark Andrews for the same reason that Mung is selling Tanya being a little touchdown dependent. I feel the same way about Mark Andrews. Lamar Jackson's only thrown the ball 25 times per game, and I don't think that that is sustainable enough to uh, go after somebody like that. Like you said, if you can't get one of those top guys, if you can't get uh, Kelsey, Kittle, or Waller, I'm waiting until like the 15th round and just stockpiling. I'm not going for a guy like Andrews.
0: I put some guys okay. to be too happy about, but I said my biggest sell is Travis Kelsey. And the reason is, let's get ahead of that curve. You know what I mean? He's going to be turning 32 years old. I don't, if I'm contending, absolutely. If the other guy, I'm not wild about Dallas Goddard. I know everybody's got him higher than me. I'm not a necessarily believer. We're not going to comment too much on that. But let's talk about the big debate, right? We're going to have Easy Alcafaz come on. But who is your wide receiver one? We'll go around the table here. John, who's your wide receiver one?
3: For me, it's De- Devontae Adams and, you know, coming off his 18 touchdown season, the offense runs through him. Mr. Rogers loves going to him in his neighborhood. And I think he's going to continue to do it. And, you know, I think the only reason you would put anyone above him is because of his age, yep. but he just looks like a guy that's going to continue to do this for years and years to come. I'm good with that. And I'll, I'll go ahead and ride him to future championships. It, it, he is
0: that good. I love it. Now on the flip side, Dave, who are you riding right now? Who's your wide receiver one? Who's that guy you gotta have?
2: And this one's really, really tough for me. Um, because I feel like so much of it is the uh, you know, way that you want to build your team. If you're looking to win now, uh, I think that Tyree Kill is the wide receiver one. I think that, you know, he's gonna be putting up points for you nonstop. And if you're that's looking to build a
0: guy, his- you know, and then, and that's a good answer.
2: But but if you're looking for somebody that is going to, uh, you know, just ha- have the, the highest potential of anybody, then I'm looking at DK Metcalf because I, I really like his potential as more of a long-term buy. So uh, I, I've got them both in the same tier just depending on what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, and Mark, you have DK Metcalf as, as your wide receiver one as well. In the startup you and I did, you took him at, was it 201. 112, 201?
1: 201. Yeah, I I am I'm with Dave on this. His ceiling is, is is incredible. Like he honestly could be Megatron Julio. That's like his ceiling. He I, I I'm just so I love DK Metcalf.
0: Now, I'm I'm completely in a different realm. You know, you took DK Metcalf at 201 at 306. I took AJ Brown and I think the sky is the limit for AJ Brown. I took Devontae Adams at 204. I took A.J. Brown at 307. And those are the guys that I think, you know, that I have them right up there. DK Metcalf is phenomenal. It's tough to debate between him and A.J. Brown, right? And the crazy thing is they were in the same wide receiver core, you know, in college. Those guys absolutely killed it. Um, And I think that top five is tough to debate back and forth. You know, everybody has a different answer. As far as the tight end position goes, it's not top five. It's top two. There's two guys in the conversation. No one else has anyone else. John and I, you and I, have Kelsey. Everyone else has Kittle. Right. Tell me real quick, and we've talked about this on the podcast a bunch of times. Why is Travis Kelsey the wide receiver or tight end one?
3: Yeah, I could I could still go on and on, and you know I kind of hit it earlier.
0: Yeah, we've been at 52 me, minutes, and I feel like John could talk another 52 minutes about Travis yeah, Kelsey. Just you cut know, me off. And, yeah, and we talk about it on our own personal time, but tell me why.
3: Yeah, so I think he's got the best QB, best offense in the NFL, uh, potentially the best play caller going for him, and he he he's been so consistent. Right, he's stayed on the field. He's gotten the results. He's he's a cheat code, um, and you know this this year he helped win so many titles. Like he he's basically, in, in my opinion. The first option in the offense over Tyreek Hill and, and a lot of the play calling, and they they look for him for sure first in the red zone above all the other receivers in that offense. He's got it all. He he get he gets open. He has contested catches after the catch runs. He's he's got everything that you want. And again, the only reason you would potentially knock him is the age. For me, I, I'm going to go ahead and continue to ride him. He's he's a guy that I just. Uh, we'll continue to ride in, into the ground for years to come.
0: And John, you know, so many times on this podcast, we do the Spider-Man GIF where I'm like, "Is it what? What is it? You is it me? We're, we're on the same page. Right. We're pointing Consider at each three other. Guys here. on yeah. here right now have someone different. We're gonna start with Dave, then Mung, then Mark. Tell me why Kittle is your tight end one.
2: Uh, well, Mike, I think you might have misread my show notes because I had Kelsey as my number one, too. Um,
0: I just got super oh, excited right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. thank you. I'm, I'm,
2: uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean to throw uh, off your show notes, but I even just went back and checked myself. Did like, I put the wrong? Point. No, I've, I've got Kelsey in there, man. Yeah,
0: let's all drink to that. Travis Kelsey just took over the number one spot. Let's drink. Yeah, no, I mean, Kittle's
2: uh, great. great, but um, at the end of the day, uh, Travis Kelsey just led the league in receiving out of the tight end slot. He's been the tight end five or the tight end one for five years straight and he's 31 years old which I get would cause a lot of apprehension but do you remember Tony Gonzalez Jason Witten like we see these tight end studs they play well into their 30s uh he's locked up with Mahomes for at least four more years uh Kelsey's my tight end one
0: you're my boy blue another old school reference (laughs) Mark you got Kittle behind you you got Bosa you got Kittle why Uh, is Kittle the tight end one over Travis Kelsey I might be, a, yeah, Mark, I might keep be it, a little
3: keep it short for
0: me I might okay. be a little biased there he's got all that niners <laughs> in here back there he might take I might be a little
1: biased but, but hit, I really it. do think a quarterback change is coming and I only think that can help him and with all the injuries what what says that he's not blocking as much like I really think there's some things that I can factor in that were two years ago he was 1,300 yards he can he easily has the talent he's more talented
0: than Kelsey okay Mung, you yell at me every single week. I talk about Travis Kelsey, the why the tight end one. Why is he the your tight end one?
4: Look, I, I'm a finance guy by day, so for me, it's simple <laughs> depreciation of assets. And look, I know that 31 is not old, but you're getting an extra four years with George Kittle. That's up, right? And to Mark's point, you know we may have yet to see untapped potential for Kittle depending on who's going to be under center for the Niners going forward. you know We know that guys like Dak Prescott, they're looking for new teams potentially. We know Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Obviously, those two would be huge upgrades, but even barring that, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty average. I don't think he's as bad as everybody says, but there's clear room for improvement in that QB room. And, I mean, George Kittle is absolutely dominant, both as a blocker and as a receiver, and we know – that Shanahan utilizes that tight end a ton as a receiver. Plus, he gets them in space. I mean, the yards after the catch for Kittle are just absolutely insane.
0: Yeah. Wrap-up music, to, please. It's tough to argue Jimmy GQ, Nick Mullins, and, and C.J. Bathard. But, um, you know, that's the Smashies again. You know, you guys have been fantastic. Putting the shades back on. A little bit of dad bod motion going on. I hope you guys are listening to this. And watching it. But, John, who's down with OPP? No, we can't really talk about that. This is a uh, a kid friend. Who's down with the Smashies? Is the right question to, it. to ask there. The Smashies, the first year has been a success. Um, Dave, why don't you tell everybody what you got going on? where people can find you and why my dog's running around like crazy right now.
2: <laughs> I've got a lot going on right now. You can find me on fantasy pros working the news correspondence desk. And then in this uh, season I was brought on as an NBA expert. So you can check out all of my NBA rankings there as well as weekly articles that I'm bringing for you. Um, a big announcement that I had, though those that I was just officially brought on as a co-owner for uh fantasy football intervention. We got a great team of people over there. We've been blowing it up. Uh, we just released our 2021 rookie mock draft. So be sure to check that out. And then uh, what I'll be bringing you there for the remainder of the off season, um, a couple of times a week, I'll be doing in-depth player profiles so you can find out everything that you want to know about every player that I choose to write about.
0: Yeah, Dave, you've been a phenomenal asset to Smash Accept, you know, contributing and and talking about things. And I'm so excited for you moving forward and, and congratulations to that. Um, you know, that's a great website. That's a great podcast. And I'm I'm very happy for you. Mung, um, what are some things you got going on right now?
4: Yeah, like I said at the beginning, uh, gonna, definitely going to have a lot of off-season buys and sells. First, looking at potential free agency landing spots for some players. And then, of course, getting into the Rookie Hype, as we all know. Um, but uh, you can find all that over at Fantrax. And then, of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Rookie Fever John. We have Chad Parsons coming on.
0: We have Travis May. We have Angelo Analysis. What are you excited about with this rookie season here? Rookie Fever John. You know, he's no longer I playoff a fever. Now. The episode is More over. You're no longer to the regional podcast host.
3: Yeah, thank you. No, I, no, the only prescription for that fever, more rookies. I, I will definitely have rookie fever, and uh, you know, definitely keep the cowbell going, and uh, really looking forward to what we got lined up. I mean, I'm pumped about it. Actually, it's definitely going to keep me busy. But uh, what you, what you'll see from me is very consistent interaction with you guys on Twitter. It, at the end of the day, it's about the listeners. And it's about the personal interaction. Let's take a look at where you're at in your Dynasty rosters. Let's look at the trades, help you out with your your rookie picks. That's what this is all about for me. So let's do that. You can find me at Dynasty underscore trades. And again, look for those ranks coming out here shortly, and I'll be mixing it up soon.
0: I love Um, that, John. You just passed the 1,500 follow mark. Can you tell the listeners who your 1,500th listen was? Your follow?
3: Yes. Uh, I, I believe that is your, to your, your better after.
0: Yeah, exactly. Shout out to joy for that (laughs) that last follow there and keeping it in the family, Mark, he's about to, you know, we're about to launch in February, the day trading, you know, podcast. We're going to talk about that with our boy, CJ FF day trader and Mark, what do you have going? What are you excited for, for the 2021 season? I'm pretty excited about that. And, uh, this is actually. The first,
1: I've been in fantasy for four years now, and this is the first time that I have rookie picks. I have first round rookie picks, so I'm just finally right yeah. after
0: years of me trying to tell you you want those rookie picks, and me dominating the opposite of that. You got a
1: pick. You took yeah. all my picks. Yeah, I have all the picks, and it's it's nice. I'm just interacting with Twitter, uh, just seeing what's out there with the rookie picks. A lot of, a lot of people have some nice stuff out there. Like the host last time, that was very informative.
0: Just basically interacting with Twitter. Yo, I'm the host, but Matt Hicks was our guest and he was phenomenal. Those record breaking listens from Matt Hicks at NFLDraftBible.com. Check that out episode 24, episode 25, our mock draft, episode 26, the smash except smashies. You know, this was our first one. It was exciting. I'm excited for the next one. You know, we're talking about you know handing out some awards. We have great people. You know, the five people that listen to today. We have at Dynasty Humble, who's Jesse. At FF Day Trader, we have at M- MC Breeze, and we have so many great guys in the Smash Accept crew who just know their stuff. And we're going to release Patreon, and one of the access is being part of the group chat with these guys. These guys are phenomenal. They know their stuff. I've talked about it before. I've won most of my leagues and a lot of it came from these guys, really hitting on their stuff and and, and knowing what they're talking about. So congratulations, to all of you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the process. Dude, thanks, guys.